Good morning. Uh, just want to point out the big idea for the kids this morning is I can trust God's plan for me. You're going to see that play out as we move forward this morning. Uh, today we're going to talk about Jesus being greater than our fear. I want you to think for a moment about a time in your life when you were truly afraid. Not like uh, there's a spider and I don't like spiders kind of a moment. An experience where you felt truly powerless. For me, it was a trip um, that I went to on Uganda, my second time there. We went to, to build these four small brick rooms that could be used to house people that would travel there to learn how to be a pastor for a village. Kenneth and Christy were going to use those for overnight stays so that people could stay for a week at a time. They could train them. We had an interpreter that was there that worked for Christy and Kenneth. It was somebody that they had a long-established relationship who was handling the communication between ourselves and the men that were both delivering and selling these bricks. During the delivery, a fight broke out between our interpreter and the delivery guys. Punches are being thrown. Property was stolen. Um, the delivery guys and, and our interpreter were really going at it in a way that I had not really experienced before. I, I've been around fights like in, in high school and things like that. This was on a different level. Um, at one point, I found myself on the side of a dump truck. One guy has pulled another one into the window, and he's beating him with a wrench. That it, In my mind, it was this long. It was huge. It's a big, big wrench, and he's just going to work on him. And so I'm trying to pull one guy out of the window. I couldn't get leverage, so I went around to the other side. Now I'm in the dump truck trying to separate these guys and get the wrench from the other one. All became a blur in my mind because it was happening so fast. Um, but in just a few moments, armed soldiers showed up. They separated the men who were fighting, and they brought all of us down the hill to a, a hut that was their police station. So there I am with Christy Williams, their interpreter, these men who've been fighting, and, and many, many armed military personnel. There's a lot of shouting in a language that I do not speak. There's a lot of finger pointing, a lot of strong emotions. What had began for me as a trip to go build some rooms had very quickly turned into something very different. Needless to say, I was afraid. I was afraid for myself, for Christy, and for her interpreter. Events had transpired that I was helpless to prevent or to resolve, and it seemed as if our collective safety was held in the balance. Prior to this trip, when we prayed, we talked about going to Uganda and the things that God was going to have us do when they were there. This moment was not on the brochure, right? This was not in the advertisement of when we go, here's what you can expect to experience. I'd been there before, had not experienced anything like this, yet there I was, in this hut, among these people, in a situation that I was unprepared for and powerless to change. This was not what I had signed up for. I think that most of the people in this room have had a time in their life where they felt afraid, unprepared, powerless. Maybe not in the same way that I did in that moment, but nevertheless. If you've not experienced that, you're going to one day, just be forewarned. Last week as I shared God's vision that God has for us in becoming a multicultural church, you may have felt some of those feelings, right? I know that I certainly felt some of those feelings yesterday when I went to the funeral. It's always scary for us to step into something 
that we're unfamiliar with, especially when we think about engaging or participating in another culture where we're unfamiliar with the customs and maybe they have a language that we don't understand. And whether it's the task that God is giving you in this neighborhood or maybe something specific to your personal life, we need to understand this. God is not afraid. Yesterday, thank you for that, Myra. Yesterday, we were at the interfaith thing, and, and Pastor Martin was speaking, and he said, yeah, as a friend of his, it's a pastor, that when he says something that's significant and nobody responds, he'll look over and say, I should have got at least three or four amens from this side, and I should have got at least three or four amens off of this side. God, let, let me say this again. God is not afraid. Amen? He is not unprepared. This is where you say amen. God is not afraid. He is not unprepared, and he is not powerless. Y'all are getting there. It is, it is his plan. It is a plan that he set in motion before you and I were born. He has prepared us for a moment or moments that will require faith, and that will reveal just how powerful Jesus is. Today we're going to begin where we left off in Luke chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 22 through 25. If you've got your Bibles with me, go ahead and open up to that. And, and, and by the way, if I haven't mentioned this recently, if you get an outline at the top, it has a list of all the scriptures that I'll be using that day, so um, you can turn ahead if you'd like to. As you're opening, I want you to understand that I did not plan for us to stop in this part of Luke where we did just before Christmas. I literally preached until it was time to start the Christmas stuff, and I started the Christmas stuff, and here we are where we are today. But God was prepared. When I wrote this sermon outline, I was unclear about the vision that God was going to unfold for me over the next six weeks. But God had a plan. And today, he has a message for us regarding our fear and our faith. Look with me at Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. It's a story we're familiar with. It says, on the day he and his disciples got into a boat, and he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they were sailing, he fell asleep. Then a fierce windstorm came down on the lake, and they were being swamped and were in danger. They came and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are going to die. Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and so they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, asking one another, who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. Over the course of the last year, we've committed our time on Sunday mornings and during our life groups to discover the person of Jesus, right? Our goal is to know him so that we can make him known. We have something in common with the men who are in this boat in the story that we just read. We have known Jesus for a long time. They were familiar with who he was. They had seen the things that he had done. Yet they did not know him fully. There was more to learn. Luke tells us that after this experience, they asked a question that many have asked since. Who is this man that has the power of God. We've moved through this book with the goal of knowing Jesus, and I can confidently say that we know him better today than we did a year ago. We have had experiences with Jesus that have taught us to trust and to love him. 
In the previous portions of Luke chapter 8 that we covered at the end of last year, Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God. But in this latter half, Jesus is going to begin to reveal the power that he has through his relationship with his Father. God sets up this experience on the sea to reveal more of himself to his disciples. Remember that at least a few of these men whom our kids' story pointed out this morning were what? Were fishermen. Where do fishermen fish? In the water, on the sea. That's right. See what I did there? They would have likely spent their lives on this body of water and in a boat. If anyone would have been prepared for a storm at sea, it was these guys. Yet they were afraid and they sought Jesus' help. And this act spoke to the original audience in a way that you and I cannot fully understand. The Faith Life Bible study, one of the ones that I use, it says that it became calm and it, and it became calm in the ancient Near East. The sea represented the forces of chaos. Jews believed the sea could only be controlled by Yahweh. Jesus' command over the storm signals his divine authority. God spoke into their culture and belief system to reveal more of himself. He took the things that they knew and he built upon them. He was using this experience to teach them to trust him. And God will give us experiences that will challenge our understanding of what we think we know about who Jesus is. He's going to take the things that we do know and build upon those. And we should not be surprised by this. We have learned that this is how we grow in our relationship with God and how our faith is built. But let's look at what brought the disciples to ask this question. Notice how the story begins. Jesus gives a command to the disciples. It says at verse 22, on that day, he and his disciples got into a boat and he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they set out. Let's take a look at what Jesus is asking them to do, right? This is the Sea of Galilee. Go ahead, Anna. We've looked at this map a lot before, right? You can see the little lines on there. That's the route that they took when the storm happened. To the northwest of that is Capernaum, where Jesus has kind of had his base of operations. This is the same sea, in fact, that the disciples, many of them that were fishermen, this is where they would have spent their life learning their craft and then doing their craft. Jesus spent a lot of time on this same body of water during his ministry. And he tells the disciples to get into this boat, one that they would have been familiar with, and go out across this sea, one that they know well. And he tells them to set out. Another commentary said to set out is used 13 times by Luke in, his, in the book of Acts. And it's a technical term for embarking or setting sail. This language that Luke uses repeatedly across his work is meant to encourage the church to move as God asked them to move. And here's the thing. When Jesus got into a boat with the disciples and he said, let's set out, they thought they knew what to expect, right? They're fishermen, many of them. And those that are not fishermen know that they're in the company of fishermen. They think they know what this command is going to entail. But just like my experience in Uganda, they had an expectation of what their obedience would require of them, right? But something different happened. As we move with God, we need to expect that we will go through experiences that are going to challenge our faith and our understanding. 
But we should not let that fear override our faith. The disciples did what Jesus asked of them, and they set out. As we discussed last week, God has given us a goal, a vision, a voyage to go on with him. And our response to that vision should be to set out with Jesus. And when we're making that decision, remember that we are not alone. Jesus did not send the disciples out into the boat, into the storm on their own. Look at verse 23. It says, and as they were sailing, as they were sailing, he fell asleep. Jesus went with them and the storm raged around them, but Jesus was there in the boat with them. Point number two, there is nothing to fear when he is in our boat. As I thought about and I studied this passage, I wondered, why are these guys so afraid? Not only are they professionals, but more importantly, there's a man with them who had the power to heal, to raise people from the dead. They have experienced these things. They have been present when they happened. And even though they had faith for that, their faith was not yet complete. God exposed that area where they lacked faith so that he could prepare them for future tasks. Church, if God has called us, we can know, we can have faith, we can trust that we are not alone. He is with us, and it is by His order and His power that we can accomplish what He's asked us to do. Let's look at some familiar passages. John chapter 14, verse 22 through 26. says, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the father who sent me. And I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've told you. Jesus taught the disciples, he's taught you, he's taught myself, that as we abide in the Father, the Father abides in us. John later writes in another epistle, 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, he says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. Jesus worked in the disciples' lives in a very specific way. So that they could fully understand that he was the son of God. He revealed himself through his words and through his actions. And in this specific experience that Luke records in chapter 8, Jesus wanted them to understand that he and God were one. He orchestrated this storm so that they could have this specific experience. They were never in danger. Because Jesus, the Son of God, the calmer of seas, was in the boat with them. And Jesus was revealing to them another extension of his power. He's saying, I know that you believe because you've seen that I can do this. But there are even greater things that I can do. Let me show you this. He's revealing his power. Not only is he a Son of God who's bringing about God's kingdom that Luke has talked about in the previous part of this chapter, but he also possessed the power of God over nature. Church, if God calls you to something, he is on your team. He is in your boat. As we join God in the work that he's called us to, we can expect some things. 
okay? We can expect, firstly, that we are going to be challenged. And secondly, we can expect that Jesus will work in our lives to reveal himself and he will overcome the challenges he puts before us. Let me say that again. He will overcome the challenges. He will do this to show us and others his power. This display of his glory will build our faith and it's going to ignite the faith of those who do not yet have it. God is going to do things in the life of our church that is going to challenge us. It is going to be difficult for us to go through. It is going to cause us to have fear, to have anxiety, and it's going to ask us to have faith. And we need to remember that God is in our boat and he will accomplish the things he sets before us. And as we allow him to do that, as we trust him, we are going to have our faith built up. And the people around us who see that activity, if they do not yet have faith, their faith will begin. So when we see those challenges, we should not fear or run from them, but meet them head on with the knowledge that we are not alone. Jesus asked the disciples to get into the boat with him and to go across the lake. And in the same way, he asked the disciples to join them. He is asking us to join him to get into the boat, and to go across the lake. Point number three is God called us to this place and has directed our ways. Church, there's going to be a plethora of challenges as we walk out this vision that God's given for us. There are going to be many things that we don't know and many things that we are going to need to learn. Just like last week when I found out that I was going to a chic funeral, I had to get on the Google and figure out what do I wear, what's appropriate, what's expected, what do I say, what do I not say, how do they go about the grief process. I didn't know any of that. I do now. Because God put a task in front of me. He asked me to go to another culture to do something that's going to be uncomfortable. There are things that we are going to need to learn. Some of them, like I did yesterday, we will get to learn in advance. Before we have to go through that, We'll get to learn about it. But some of them are going to have to learn in the process. We're going to find ourselves in a situation that we were unprepared for. But God is in our boat with us. Jesus is with us. Even amid a raging storm, we should have no fear. In my story and in yours, regardless of the outcome, we can know that God is with us. The end of my story in Uganda is a pretty simple one. As quickly as the dispute began, it was over. Even though there were moments of great tension and fear, God worked it out. Christy explained what happened to the police. They made everybody leave and go home. The bricks were delivered. And our plans picked right back up where we left off. And we began to build the buildings. But do you know what was a constant through that whole experience? My prayer life. I was talking to God the whole time. I was thinking about when I was writing this this morning. Bethany one time got me for Christmas um, this thing. I don't remember what it cost, but it was your, your first flying lesson. And so you get to get a little DVD. Anybody remember what those are? And you put it in your computer and it goes through all the controls. And then you get a free one-hour flight with a pilot and, and an instructor. And the, the goal of that is to get you kind of primed and go, oh, okay, this is going to be great. And so um, she goes with me and we get there and she's assuming she's going to wait. And the instructor says, well, would you like to go with us? And she's like, yeah, sure. So the instructor and I get in the front of the airplane. And I don't know if you've ever flown in a small plane before, but you put headphones on and there's a mic kind of like this one because it's loud inside that airplane. 
And so we've all three got our headsets on and the pilot and I are conversing. I'm in the front seat with him and we're walking through some things. Um, but Bethany's headphones were not working and I didn't know that and, and the pilot didn't know that. And we get out on the tarmac and he gives me the controls. But she can't see that because she's sitting behind me. I take the airplane off. We're flying and I go to make a turn and the airplane kind of dipped a little bit. And I think it's at that moment she realized I was the one in control of the airplane and not the pilot. And when we landed, she said her prayer life greatly increased in that moment. Church, we're going to all have opportunities like that. We think we know what's going on. We think we understand who's in control. And sometimes it's us. And sometimes it's the people that God's put around us to do ministry with us. And sometimes things are going to go unexpected. And we're going to feel a little dip that we weren't expecting. And the best thing that we can do for one another is to pray. As we walk out this vision that God has for us, we're going to have dips. There are going to be moments where things are not smooth. I talked about last week, a gumbo sometimes is messy, right? You drop your spoon, you splatter the roux, it goes everywhere and there's a mess to clean up. That's just part of life. What I'm thankful for in this body is we've come pretty familiar with helping each other clean up our messes, right? But that's going to happen. We should expect it. What's interesting is that God was not surprised by what took that place that day in Uganda. We didn't know it was coming, but God did. And through that experience, God showed me that he is greater than any danger that I might face. I know by experience that Jesus will take care of me. It does not matter where in the world that I am. Through that experience, God showed me that he is greater than the things that I fear. But make no mistake, I'm pretty sure my prayers were much like the ones we see the disciples in our passage. Look at verse 24 in Luke 8 again. It says, they came to him and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are going to die. Jesus was with them. Just like the disciples, when we go through those dips in life, when things are out of control, when we feel powerless, we can go, Jesus, Jesus, are you here? Because I feel like I'm about to die. This applies to our call for this community, but also for our personal walk with God. No matter what we're going through, God will not abandon us. He's not surprised by the things that we encounter, and he holds all the power necessary to take care of us. Not only can he deliver us from the danger or whatever is causing our fear, but he desires for us to learn from it. He does not put us into situations where we fear just for the sake of us being afraid. He puts us in those experiences to learn something. There's a greater lesson here. Notice Jesus' response to the disciples as they cry out to be saved by him from the wind and the waves. Verse 25, he said to them, where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, asking one another, who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves to obey him. Look at Matthew and Mark's recollection real quick. You don't have to look it up. You can see it on the screen. But in Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, where Matthew writes about the same experience, it says, Jesus said to them, why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Mark records it this way. Chapter 4, verse 40, he says, then he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Where is your faith? That's what Jesus is asking them. 
It was never God's intention for them to be harmed. But because of the waves and the wind, they panicked. They had not built up enough faith in Jesus to a level that they would not worry about their own lives. They had seen that Jesus could care for other people. But they had not yet personally experienced Jesus taking care of their life. God's given us a God-sized vision that we're embarking on this year. And we're going to face many challenges. We're going to also learn a ton of stuff. And we're going to be blessed by that entire experience. But I want to warn us about something. Our enemy would have us to look at the wind and the waves of our lives and focus on them. They're going to serve as a distraction if we focus on them alone. Jesus uses the wind and the waves to gauge the level of faith the disciples possess. Matthew tells another story very similar to this one um, that we read today. This is out of Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Again, another one that you're familiar with. Another story that happens on the Sea of Galilee in a boat. To preface this story, Jesus sends the disciples out ahead of him and says, get in this boat and go out across the lake and I will meet you. And in the middle of the night, a storm comes up and they see something walking across the water towards them and they're all afraid. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, it's me. And then this is where we're going to pick up in verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come with you on the water. And he said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. This experience that Peter has happens after the one that we read in Luke. So Peter has the experience where Jesus is in the boat with him in the storm and Jesus calms the storm. And then he has a follow-up experience where the disciples are alone in the boat and the storm comes. And Jesus comes to them in the storm. I included this because I want to see is that Peter didn't gain all the faith that he needed on the first go-round. His faith was stronger, and he trusted Jesus more. He got out of the boat. However, once again, he is overcome with fear because he lost his focus. Rather than focusing on Jesus, he began to look at the wind and the waves. And Jesus walks out on these waves, and Peter sees it, and he steps out, and he walks on the water with Jesus, but then he's overcome by fear. Church, I want us to understand this is not a lesson that we are going to learn easily. As I talked about last week, becoming multicultural, living a sacrificial life is not something that you do by accident. It is a step of faith that builds and builds and builds until Jesus gets us to the place he needs us to be. But be encouraged because as we struggle to learn these lessons, Jesus will not let us drown. Right? There are going to be moments in our lives where we find that we have failed in some capacity. And we are accustomed to, in the world, when we fail, the world saying, ha ha, messed up, didn't you? You learned today. But what we see from Jesus is that when we make those mistakes, he reaches out his hand and he pulls us back in the boat and he saves us. So that 
We can know Him. We can know His love and we can know His power. Our human nature will try to get us focused on the embarrassment that comes and what that looks like. But Peter didn't fail in this story. Peter grew. He learned something new about Jesus and about himself. Yes, Jesus calls out his lack of faith. But it's in identifying the problem that our weakness and and our faith are made better. It's by pointing out the the problem here, Peter, is not your ability to walk on water. Your problem is, is that you let your fear overcome your faith because you focused on the problem and not on me. And the same is going to happen in our lives. If we trust Jesus in this call, we will experience God identifying our weaknesses, but then empowering our faith. We're going to be the ones looking at one another and our new brothers and sisters in Christ and asking the same question. Who is this? As much as we think that we know God, there are an infinite number of things that we do not know. And every time God teaches us something new and our faith is built up, every time we're going to look back at God and say, who is this that loves me this much? Who is it? Who is this that has this much power? We have a short time here on earth to learn what Jesus wants us to know about himself. Think about how quickly a decade has passed of us being in this neighborhood There's so much that God wants to accomplish here. There's much about himself that he wants to reveal to the people who live here, who worship here. Church, let us set out and ask God where he is working in this neighborhood and how we can join him. God has revealed to us his desire and given us the command. He's revealed himself to us. He is with us. We have nothing to fear. We only need to open ourselves to God's revelation. God has the plan. He is prepared. He holds the power. He is the one sending us out. So where do we start? Do we go find a random boat and just hop in and wait for Jesus? Do we? Is that where we go? No. We ask Jesus, hey, what boat are you getting in? Because that's the one I want to be in. So this begins the way anything begins for us. We begin by, by asking God, where he's already working, and how do you want us to join you in the work that you're doing? Jesus wants us, he wants this community to see his love. He wants them to see his power, and he wants to reveal that through you guys. As you and I get in the boat with Jesus and we set out, we're going to experience And we're going to share the power and the love of Jesus with this community. But we got to be willing to go, to set out. That's our call. To engage this community, to develop meaningful relationships with one another and with Jesus. But that begins with us listening to Jesus, finding the boat he's in, jumping in and setting out. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm very challenged this morning by the word that you have for us. God, as we think about what this next year is going to look like for us, Father, I ask that you would would help us to see what you want to accomplish here. Not what Will wants, not what an individual wants, 
but what you desire for this neighborhood, for our church. God, I ask that as you unfold that to us, that you would give us the, the power and the strength and the faith to step out and to do the things that you were calling us to do. Father, this week as we are spending time with you, as we are thinking about what ministry can look like here over the next several years, Father, I ask that you give each of us a specific vision and task, a thing that you are asking us to do. Show us, Father, where you are already working and how you would have us join in that work. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.